The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 145, beginning on page 520. I will magnify thee, O God my King, and I will praise thy name for ever and ever. Every day will I give thanks unto thee, and praise thy name for ever and ever. Great is the Lord, and marvelous worthy to be praised. There is no end of his greatness. One generation shall praise thy works unto another, and declare thy power. As for me, I will be talking of thy worship, thy glory, thy praise, and wondrous works. So that men shall speak of the might of thy marvelous acts, and I will also tell of thy greatness. The memorial of thine abundant kindness shall be showed, and men shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, long-suffering, and of great goodness. The Lord is loving unto every man, and his mercy is over all his works. All thy works praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints give thanks unto thee. They show the glory of thy kingdom, and talk of thy power. That thy power, thy glory, and mightiness of thy kingdom might be known unto men. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and thy dominion endureth throughout all ages. The Lord upholdeth all such as fall, and lifteth up all those that are down. The eyes of all wait upon thee, O Lord, and thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thine hand, and fillest all things living with plenteousness. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, and holy in all his works. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, 
yea, all such as call upon him faithfully. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will help them. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but scattereth abroad all the ungodly. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh give thanks unto his holy name for ever and ever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 31st verse of the second chapter of the first book of Maccabees. Now when it was told the king's servants and the host that was at Jerusalem in the city of David, that certain men who had broken the king's commandment were gone down into the secret places in the wilderness, they pursued after them a great number, and having overtaken them, they camped against them, and made war against them on the Sabbath day. And they said unto them, Let that which ye have done hitherto suffice. Come forth, and do according to the commandment of the king, and ye shall live. But they said, We will not come forth, neither will we do the king's commandment, to profane the Sabbath day. So then they gave them the battle with all speed. Howbeit they answered them not, neither they cast a stone at them, nor stopped the places where they lay hid, but said, Let us die all in our innocency. Heaven and earth will testify for us that ye put us to death wrongfully. So they rose up against them in battle on the Sabbath, and they slew them, with their wives and children and their cattle, to the number of a thousand people. Now when Mattathias and his friends understood the hereof, they mourned for them right sore. And one of them said to another, If we all do as our brethren have done, and fight not for our lives and laws against the heathen, they will now quickly root us out of the earth. At that time, therefore, they decreed, saying, Whosoever shall come to make battle with us on the Sabbath day, we will fight against them. Neither will we all die, as our brethren that were murdered in the secret places. Here ends the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed, for he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm, he hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 17th chapter of the book of Acts. Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them, and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and saying, This Jesus, whom I preach to you, is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded, and a great multitude of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women, joined Paul and Silas. But the Jews, who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace, 
and gathering a mob, set all the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Jason has harbored them, and these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there is another king, Jesus. And they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. So when they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went to the synagogue, went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness, and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was preached by Paul of Berea, they came there also and stirred up the crowds. Then immediately the brethren sent Paul away to go to the sea, but both Silas and Timothy remained there. So those who conducted Paul brought him to Athens, and receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him with all speed, they departed. Here ends the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O God, the protector of all that trust in thee, without whom nothing is strong, nothing is holy, increase and multiply upon us thy mercy, that thou being our ruler and guide, we may so pass through things temporal that we finally lose not the things eternal. Grant this, O Heavenly Father, for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, 
and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Light in our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening, all. We start our meditation tonight with Psalm 145. Um, and 145 is significant because um, the, the sort of, it's, it's a, sort of appended from our our version of it in the prayer book but there's a the title of it is it's a, a praise song of david um and it's the only psalm really that that is designated specifically as a song of praise um and it is uh it is a psalm of the great you know attributed to the great king david who is you know lauding the kingship of god the eternal kingship of god um, and this begins a final sequence of six psalms all of which focus on praise um, in the salt and the to close up the book of the Psalms, um, it's significant because um, you know we we typically think that in the, the Psalms really the the title in Hebrew of the Psalms is you know the the praises you know this it really is characterized by praise even though um, more occurring even more frequently than than designated Psalms of praise are are going to be Psalms of supplication um, and and so you can have these two these two sort of things are the the the, the two you know, major facets of the book of the Psalms are this is, is a, you know, asking and crying out. Um, and then also um, a, you know, a recognition of and an offering of a, of a thanksgiving offering um, to God for the ways that he has responded to those cries for help. Um, that's significant because, you know, we've been reading in morning prayer, the book of Judges, um, and that's a significant paradigm for us to enter into our readings tonight as well that you have this pattern, this cycle in the book of the judges that we've been observing of Israel lapsing and falling away and then being you know, oppressed and then crying out to God for deliverance and then having a deliverer raised up. And yet we've been noting as Bishop Scarlett noted this morning that those deliverers are deeply complex uh, characters. They are not sort of uniformly righteous. They're not uniformly good. They are still, you know, you know, used by by God to enact the deliverance of His people and the, the judgment over their enemies. This is the the judges, you know, and the judges is a is a complex complex book because the judges that are raised up. Um, if we don't read this book carefully, we can start to think of them as these are the good guys and the other people are the bad guys. And really, that book complicates those things for us and points us to the fact that there really isn't a judge um, in the book of Judges that neatly aligns with what we would think a you know a, a righteous judge really is and it and what it means is to defer our anticipation of that judge to come along um, and what will the judge be like that um, enacts you know a, a permanent final justice um, and instills that in the hearts of the people leads them into it so that this cycle of lapsing and oppression and then deliverance doesn't need to continue any further and that's helpful for us in reading Maccabees because we can detect in the book of Maccabees a lot of similar themes and storytelling storytelling patterns that the narrator of this history is using to tell the story of this intertestamental period between the you know the restoration of Jerusalem and the coming of Christ. Um, and what we see here in chapter two is is a really complicated passage that 
has to do with, you know, that, that begins to help us understand the imagination of the Jewish people uh, at the time of Christ. We're seeing Mattathias, who is being raised up as a kind of judge deliverer character, not unlike the judges of the book of Judges. Um, and he is, you know, called all who will be faithful and will stand against compromising with Antiochus, the foreign king's unlawful edict and his desecration of Jerusalem to go out into the wilderness. And then we see these two kind of factions form in the wilderness. One hand, we have this group that gets caught up to by Antiochus's soldiers who, who come against them on the Sabbath day. It's a really devious strategy, knowing that by the law, the Sabbath should be honored and that, and, and that no work is to be done that day. And they take it, the enemies take advantage of this and put them to the, you know, put them to the test and say, how faithful are you going to be to the Sabbath? Are you going to allow yourselves to be killed? And they do. And this, you know, this, there's a contrasting vision we see with Mattathias's group that says, well, you know, there is, you know, the law, you know, but if we, if we obey, if we sort of obey this thing as, you know, in the, in, and entrust ourselves to vindication that the Lord will judge, um, you know, it, like these others did, we're all going to die. And what good would that do? And so it introduces for us um, what we have to see is a complexity of intention, motive, and means that Mattathias and his, his, his band of warriors are going to enact. Um, because, it, you know, and, and even though, you know, like the book of Judges, victory may be attained. Nevertheless, there is this unavoidable complexity of this decision they make in chapter two, um, where they knowingly are, you know, are not choosing the route of their brethren who entrust themselves innocently to God, even if they are to die for it, and trusting that God will bring justice against his enemy, against their enemies and will vindicate them. And then on the other hand, we have Mattathias and his group that are going to fight they're going to fight and 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 avenge their people and enact justice by their swords, um, and we can see these two tendencies trickling down all the way to the time of the Gospels. And this is part. This is in part the great confusion over what is the who is the Christ going to be and what is going to be the matter of that great Judge King figure that comes along. Um, and that and this is the you know well it can't be this you know this Jesus of Nazareth because he's not like Mattathias. Right. He's not like, you know, one of he's not like Samson. He's not like Gideon. He's not like these, you know, these judges of old. Um, and in fact, he seems a lot more like that group that Mattathias's group kind of tacitly criticizes by choosing a radically alternative path. Um, you know, he, he, he's the he, Jesus, you know, in a most in the most excellent way, entrusts himself to God, even though he is unjustly put to death for it. And so you can, but you can see why there's a there's a kind of scandal around that because it doesn't comport with that kind of judge cycle of old in the in the Old Testament. Neither does it comport with this great heroic story of Mattathias. In fact, it seems to be more in alignment with this group that gets slaughtered for for being willing to suffer innocently. So. This is um, something that we have to keep in the back of our minds when we understand when the preaching of Jesus Christ, the crucified Messiah, goes out to the world and into the synagogues, why this is a point of contention, because it really pushes hard on this dividing line between these two impulses in, among, the, among the Jewish people, among the, the people to whom Paul is preaching in the synagogues. And, you know, and the, he's making a compelling case that actually... The scriptures, the Old Testament, these, these, you know, have laid out a case for why 
it actually might be the case that the Son of Man must suffer. Why the why the Messiah should would would need to suffer and die, and why that actually may be the 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 biblical means by which to identify the Messiah is that this will be someone like that, and that he is preaching Jesus Christ to be this one who suffered innocently and who in the resurrection was vindicated by God, um, and then calls everyone to life uh, known in Him, the life that comes from Him, which is contoured and configured to that shape of life, to the life that entrusts itself innocently. Um, and entrusts entrusts oneself to the to the you know to God and to is willing to innocently suffer, um, entrusting that God will vindicate like He vindicated Jesus Christ. He will vindicate all His faithful ones in the resurrection. So, um, this really calls us back to the psalm because the psalm is this recurring you know refrain of memorial of how God has been enduringly good to His people even and through the seasons of their history where it seemed like that was that was anything but the case, right? If we read any sort of particular moment in the arc of the judge cycle, we could see like, uh, this doesn't seem to me like enduring loving kindness. Aren't, aren't his people being oppressed? What does that have to do with loving kindness and mercy? And yet, when we see the pattern that emerges, we see that time and again, those who are willing to entrust themselves to God, who are willing to, to make an offering of their lives, who are willing to remember that he is good to those who put their trust in him and that he continues to vindicate them in his time over and against his enemies those are the things that 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 you know that, you know that is the pattern that is the way of things that is reality and so when we take all these things together we can see in Saul in the in the acts the chapter from acts a terrible inversion and yet at the beginnings of a kind of vindication that as we see Paul go out to Thessalonica and begin to end Berea and begin to preach this gospel of Jesus Christ, what happens? Um, the people on the Sabbath day wage war against him um, in a way that is not unlike the way Antiochus's soldiers waged war. And so this is the beginning of that vindication and judgment that the gospel brings. This is the beginning of his vindication, of the vindication of Jesus Christ over his enemies, is that those who put him to death are now being transfigured into this ugly image of their ancestral enemies. They are becoming like those that anciently they hated and who persecuted them. And they have become like the very enemies they tried so hard to not be like through their fastidious and even and through their fastidiousness on one hand and through their willingness to engage in violence on the other. So it's a case study for us. It's maybe a cautionary tale for us about you know, being concerned not only with our intention, but with the means by which we live out the faith. Because it could be that if we compromise quietly and tacitly with the world around us, that we could be um, ceasing to follow the Lord Jesus, the crucified King, and we might be actually falling into um, it being more configured to the tropes of the world um, who have who 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 conspired all together on Good Friday to crucify Him. So it's a warning to all of us. We'll continue with our intercession on page five ninety. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, 
that they may punish wickedness and vice and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings temporal and spiritual upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining in tonight. Thank you to Aaliyah, my co-leader tonight. I hope you have a wonderful start to your weekend. Thank you. Have a good evening. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Have a good evening, everyone. Bye, Luke. Good seeing you, buddy. Bye.